welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Show. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Well, again, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. And I'd like to start off by asking how you describe yourself and what you do. Um, I have a five-line mantra answer to that. Uh, wife, mother, writer, teacher, bipolar. Okay. Excellent. So, okay, well, let's unpack that a little bit. What? Well, actually, let's start with with uh, the writing and the teaching part. What made you interested in becoming a writer and also becoming a teacher? Well, I believe the first time I entertained becoming a writer, I believe I was about eight years old. I had checked out a book that talked about newspapers and how newspapers were made out of the library. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading and thinking, that's what I want to do. I was very young, and but um, something about it just drew me in to the world of news reporting and news writing. And that's what I decided I wanted to do from that point forward. Okay. So um, the teaching came later when I was um, applying to graduate school, mm-hmm. and they told me that if I did teach English, I would be paid and I would get a tuition waiver and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of how the teaching came about. My mother was a teacher, so it came easily to me, but um, I consider myself more of a writer than a teacher. Okay, perfect. All right, so let's go in a little bit more into the teaching. So, um, so yeah, so you mentioned... Um, that that you uh, read some things and then wanted to study writing and journalism particularly. Is is that why you then went to school for journalism and writing? Yes, sir. Um, I graduated with a bachelor's in communication with a journalism emphasis okay. from Mississippi State University in 1990. Okay. And could not find a job, so I went on to graduate school in English and finished that in 1992. Okay, excellent. And then after that, it looks like you did uh, a little bit of a, a, a career as a freelance writer. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, and how was – so you wrote for a number of interesting publications. How was – how did that work out? Um, It was great. I love that job. I did book reviews. I did author interviews. I did theater reviews. I did restaurant reviews. I did a little bit of everything. I did some political reporting. I won an award in 2006 for my political reporting on um, politicians younger than 40. Mm-hmm. I did profiles on about eight of them. And that won an award from the Mississippi Press Association in 2006. Um, I also did food writing. I wrote gardening stories. I wrote travel stories. I just really, really enjoyed that job. And what sidelined me from it was bipolar disorder. 
Oh, sure. Why? So I'm I'm not as familiar with bipolar. Could you describe just a little bit of what, at least what you feel comfortable on on talking about what it, what it means to be bipolar? Well, what happened to me was I had a nervous breakdown after the last child I had in 2005. Mm-hmm. And it just continued on through 2006 until I was officially diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Generally what happens, the, the popular conception of it and explanation of it is that you swing from mood to mood, mm-hmm. from manic highs to depressive lows, and those swings can happen either very quickly or very slowly. Mine is a very slow cycle. I'll spend, um, I'll spend some time manic, sometime hypomanic, sometime depressed, and then sometime climbing back up and starting the cycle over again. It usually takes about a year to run through all the moods, and um, I'll hit another um, crashing high, which is kind of a contradiction in terms, but that's how I think about it, mm-hmm. and typically go to the hospital in the spring for suicidal thinking. Mm-hmm. Not every year, but uh Good many years I did that before we figured out how the cycle worked and how to avert it. Okay. Now, does this, does your cycle hit around the, like the same triggers every single year or does it vary year by year? Um, my daughter's birthday seems to be a trigger because that's when I first started having serious problems. Okay. And she was born in February. Okay. So that's about when it starts. Sure, sure. Okay. So, you were so before that before being diagnosed with this you were you were become you were a freelance writer yes sir uh, actually it sounds like an amazing one cuz you said you won some awards so how at that point how were you getting your your writing uh, assignments were you working for a, a company did the you know did each individual organization already have a relationship with you and and contact you or or how did that work well, I started um, actually with a busted assignment. Um, I found a uh, art, uh, ad in the classifieds looking for freelance reporters for a new magazine that was opening. Mm-hmm. And I wrote three stories for them, and they never published one line. They um, fell to pieces. So they fell to pieces. That particular organization did, but I still had three very good stories. And I just went to the phone book and started contacting publications in the area asking if they took freelancers. Okay. And um, it went from there. Those stories got placed, one in the largest newspaper in the state, based here in the capital city of Jackson, Mississippi. One, the um, most widespread business publication in the state of Mississippi. And a third in an award-winning children's um, and parenting magazine. So that's how I started off. Yeah, interesting. Okay. And then so, okay, so after you stopped doing that, did you go back to school then? Is Or how did that, so I guess after after being diagnosed with bipolar and going through that process, how did you reintroduce yourself into the, to becoming a writer? I started writing novels. I had a story um, come on to me that would not let me go. About a um, also in 2005, you may remember Hurricane Katrina came through Mississippi. Yes. 
And I had a story out of that come to me. And I started writing on this novel. And so when I got so sick, I could no longer do deadline work. I thought, I'll just start writing novels. Because I had one that I was almost finished with. I said, I'll just do that, get an agent, and get published that way. And that did not quite turn out to be the way it was. Oh, sure. What, the, uh, so was it more difficult to find a publisher or to find an agent? Or were they equally difficult? Um, it was equally difficult. I sent a good deal. I found an agent, actually, fairly rapidly. Okay. He was local to the area. And I checked him out. He had helped several people that I knew publish books, and um, he had done a great deal of publishing himself. But what happened in the um, economic meltdown is that um, he was not able to sell ultimately anything that I wrote. So the publishers became the sticking point after the agent. Okay. Excellent. So, okay, so with that, did you... How did you then find or get your first uh, novel published? Actually, the piece that um, that I'm probably you're referring to is my novella, and it's published in an anthology. Okay. It's called Looking for Home, and it was a piece that I had cut down. I had written a long novel out of it, about 300 pages, and on the advice of a reader, I cut it down to... Just one person's point of view, one direct storyline, and came out with a novella of about 90 to 100 pages. I can't remember exactly what it is now. But that was Looking for Home. That was the second piece that I wrote, and that's the piece that was published by Running Wild Press okay. here recently. Okay. Great. And so the other in, so the other times where your, your fiction has been published, has that also been through... I guess the same kind of process, or how do you submit your your writing to be published? Well, I use Submittable a great deal, which is the platform that is um, very common for journals and other uh, publications to solicit work. And so I use that a great deal. Um, my MFA program has a lot of contacts with publishers and with journals, and I get a lot of leads from them. Mm-hmm. And um, some of it's just word of mouth, okay. you know, I mean, just hearing that somebody needs a story and I send it out and either they take it or they don't. Yeah. Interesting. So I'd like to hear more about your writing process, particularly, because it, it looks like you cover a few different areas. You know, you, you've written plays, you're writing poetry, some fiction. How so where does your inspiration come from? And at what point do you decide to turn the inspiration into uh, poetry or nonfiction or a play? Well, a lot of what I've done is um, just taken stories and adapted them several different ways. Um, Hurricane Baby, the first story I wrote that came on me after Hurricane Katrina, mm -hmm. was a, a first a short story. Then I developed it out into a novel. Then I developed it into a play, and that's the play that won the um, award from the Eudora Wealthy New Plays Festival. Mm -hmm. um, the novella, Looking for Home, was actually rooted in Hurricane Baby. I had a thought that I would pick up the story much later on in one of the characters' lives 
and have her come searching for her birth father. And I never did have it turn out very well for Hurricane Baby, but I thought, I don't need to leave this story behind. I just need to find another way to tell it. And that turned into Looking for Home. Okay. Very interesting. So it, it does seem like you're very heavily influenced by by your personal life and, and the surroundings. What uh, when, when you're writing this, these stories... Are there times when you hit writer's block? And if that's the case, how do you keep moving past that so that you complete the the stories? I have to shut off my editor brain altogether to get anything down. Um, Because I can't really tell if how I can't really evaluate the quality of what I've written until I look at it much later. And so it was when I write it down, it all sounds great. Yeah. And so I just keep writing against the doubt and against the block and against the difficulty. Um, I recently got hung up on a story I was working on um, for um, National Novel Writing Month called Making Breakfast. And that was because I was working a voice that was unfamiliar to me. Okay. And um, I've... I've hit a stop on it because I just don't know where else to take the story. I, um, as far as writing it in that particular voice, I may come back to it and write it in another voice and it may become easier for me. Mm-hmm. But this, this particular one seems to have me stymied. It's a good little short story. It's a good flash fiction piece. But as far as carrying it further, um, either I'm going to have to carry it further in a voice I'm more familiar with or I'm going to have to just Leave it a short story and call it a day. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So I'm curious to hear how your, how being bipolar also affects your writing. Like, are there, do you notice particular influences that, that maybe come about because of it or, or not? Most of my nonfiction is about my bipolar story. I felt like that if I was going to have bipolar disorder, I needed to use it to help other people understand Mm -hmm. what mental illness is really like and what it's really about. And from the standpoint of someone who, um, even though it seemed to come on me very suddenly when I was 35, there were roots of it early in my life. I think I had my first manic episode when I was eight years old. And um, I've had depressive episodes and manic episodes throughout my life. So I think telling that story so that some other teenager can say, oh, my goodness, that's me Mm -hmm. or that's like me or that sounds like me can help save that person a great deal of personal grief further down the road. Mm -hmm. And so that's what informs my nonfiction at this point is mostly my bipolar story. Um, My fiction it comes a lot from um, stories that I grew up hearing, not that they're true stories, but that um, I know people in similar situations, and I just take them and spin them out and make them my own. Okay. And um, the poetry is very much a minor sideline. I've had a few pieces published, but um, basically, if it's too short for a story, it winds up as a poem. Okay. But the bipolar moods make it sometimes very difficult to achieve a process. 
to have much of a process because when you're manic, you can write all day, every day, never stop. When you're depressed, it's usually a fight to get words down on the page. Mm-hmm. So the disease itself has an effect on my process. Sure. So with that, how do you manage that? Or do you plan ahead uh, around that? But on the days, let's say, where you're you're feeling more depressive, do you try to push through or do you just you know play it by ear, depending on how you feel, and then go from there? Well, I write every day. I have a blog. www.julielwhitehead.wordpress.com and I write on it every day, manic, depressed, or what have you. And that's a good writing practice for me. It's The blog is about my bipolar disorder, so if nothing else, I write down how I'm feeling that day and how it's affecting me and what I try to do about whatever is affecting me. And so that's something that gets done every day of the week. But um, as far as the creative writing practice, right now, since I'm in an MFA program, all my writing is assigned writing aside from the blog. It's, um, it's a case of writing to the assignment. And I usually don't have a lot of trouble with that. I haven't had a serious episode in... Several months now, I believe the last time I was hospitalized was um, spring break of this year. So I haven't had a serious episode since then, but I had to fight through a great deal to make it through that class that I was taking when I had that um, little bit of a stutter step, Mm -hmm. I guess you could call it, on my way to stability. Yeah. When you're in the middle of, of writing, uh, you know, regardless of kind of what the, the end result is going to be, how do you know when that piece that you're working on is finished? When no more words come out, really. is That's when it's um, – that's when I've done the most of the writing that's going to happen to it. Now, I go back and refine and revise. But usually that's in response to a call. If I want to send it to a certain publication and they say they want X number of words, I go back and I cut it back to those words if it's something that I think is suitable to the publication. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of my writing is long form, but I'm able to break it down into isolated incidents, Mm -hmm. typically, especially concerning bipolar disorder. I'm able to pull certain incidents out. And um, write to those. And so um, that's how I've done a great deal of my work, say, for Defying Shadows, the blog that I write for in Canada. Um, that's where I publish a lot of my nonfiction work right now. Hmm, interesting. Why Canada? Is it is it just because it just works out that way, or is there something particular? Well, When I started off blogging, I decided to get into guest blogging, and so I have my own blog, but this Canadian blog simply happened to be a blog larger than my own Mm -hmm. that had more readers. It was more established, and it, it, it was a case of reaching a different audience than I might reach otherwise, and a case of reaching a larger audience than I might with my own smaller blog. Interesting. Does... 
your daily practice of blogging, either for your blog or for this other blog, has that helped or hurt your novel writing process? I don't think it's hurt it. Um, a lot of times it's a case of taking something from my blog and elaborating on it and turning it into something for the other one or into something for another journal. Now, as far as writing fiction, um, I wouldn't say it's hurt my fiction process, but my emphasis tends to go other places. Okay. I do primarily nonfiction writing right now. I write fiction to the assignment, but, um, and I try and get that published. I'm not actively writing a fiction piece right now. Mm -hmm. I just finished a play that I turned in for my playwriting workshop that I may take and turn into a short story. Because I think it would be a successful short story. So my, my, my fiction time is kind of up in the air right now. Sure, sure. I gotcha. Has, as your writing career has progressed, is there one or two things you can point to that has helped you the most with your writing career? Uh, Neil Gamian came to a certain point in his career where he wasn't finishing projects they started. He said once he started finishing projects they started, he started having a great deal more success. So his advice of finishing projects, whatever finishing a project looks like for you, mm-hmm. has been something that stuck with me. Okay. To finish it and do with it what you will, but to not leave it just hung up. If you if you get hung up on something and you can't take it any further uh, cut your losses and call it finished. Make the changes to it that will finish it off if you need to. If you've gone too far and need to cut back, you do that. But he said always finish projects because finished projects turn into published projects. Mm-hmm. Great. So with your your writing career, uh, I know that you mentioned, especially early on, you put yourself out there a lot to try to find uh, you know, an agent and try to find more publishers. When you look at fear and the fear of, of you know, publishing your work or putting yourself out there more, how do you approach those times where you feel apprehensive about something and how do you push past it? Um, I don't have a lot of fear when it comes to writing um, because I have written some very deeply introspective pieces that have been published Mm-hmm. And I've not gotten anything but positive responses from people, even where I've confessed to um, you know, actually attempting suicide. Mm-hmm. I put that out there um, saying this is when I hit the very rock bottom and I actually made an attempt at killing myself. The only serious attempt I've ever made at it. I've been hospitalized for suicidal thoughts before and after. But the only time that I really did try to kill myself, I wrote about that. And um, I didn't get anything but positive responses from it. People saying how how much they appreciated what I had to say, how it made them understand um, people that have that kind of difficulty more. Just a wonderful response from people. I've never gotten that anyone's come to me with a negative response. Yeah to anything I put out along those lines. Now, my fiction, I've had a little bit of pushback because I tend to write very dark fiction. 
And people are like, you know, why do you put that out there? I don't want that in my head. I wouldn't and I say I don't want it in my head either. That's why I put it on the page. You know, right. because I can't let it stay stuck. I have to get it out. Yeah. So with your your own personal story, did it did you feel nervous writing about a suicide attempt? Not really. I'd already I, when I write about things on the blog, the idea is that everybody can read it, but nobody is. Yeah. You know, it tracks how many how many viewers I get, and I know how many people are reading it. Sure. But just the idea that anybody could read it is empowering. Mm-hmm. And um, where I wrote about that piece, um, it got a lot of play locally. And... It, I was not apprehensive at all about it because it happened. It was a difficult time in my life, but I'm not ashamed of it from the standpoint of I don't want anybody to know about it because the more people know about these sorts of things, the more we as a society can start addressing what causes this sort of behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like my job is, is to let people know what's going on in my head so that they can say, if that hap- if it, that God forbid, one day that sort of behavior lands on them, they'll know to say, I need help. I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to somebody that's gone through this. I need to talk to somebody, a professional, who knows how to handle this. They won't just keep it bottled up inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with your your career and, and as, it's, has, as it has evolved so far, uh, what you would you say has been the best advice you've ever received? Always write honestly. Always write to the honesty of a situation. Um, even when you're doing fiction, make sure it's honest fiction. Mm-hmm. Because the reader can tell when you're faking it. Mm-hmm. When you're faking concern, when you're faking... Um, when you're making up something that isn't honest to your characters, the reader will be able to tell. And that actually came from um, George Bernard Shaw. I studied him when I was in grad school. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he said, I write out of my truth. And he said, that's all I can do. Even if it's not somebody else's truth, they know that it's mine. And so that's what I try to do is write the truth. Mm -hmm. And that has informed me from journalism all the way up to now. Because as long as if if you're telling the truth about something, nobody can argue with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, So, Julie, this has been uh, absolutely phenomenal. Thank you for taking the time to uh, openly and honestly chat with me about your career. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to read more of your work and see what you're working on next where is the best place or places they can go to do that um probably my blog www.julielwhitehead.wordpress.com okay perfect and i will put those in the show notes as well as some links to your projects so they can just click on through and read them all right wonderful again thank you so much julie this has been great thank you for for your time Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.